Mike. Lauren. Mike, would you like to join my DAO? Um, I think I'll pass. Thanks. Are you sure? It's called Gadao, sir. Um, yeah, double, <laughs> double sure. <laughs> Good vibes only in this DAO. <laughs> well, uh, I don't really know much about DAOs. All right. Well, we have a colleague here at Wired who really wants us to join his DAO. And there's a New Yorker cartoon caption contest at the end of this wild journey. So have I, have I intrigued you yet? I'm going to say yes. All right. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Gadget Lab. I'm Lauren Good. I'm a senior writer at Wired. And I'm Michael Calori. I'm a senior editor at Wired. We're also joined by Wired senior writer and DAO creator, Kilad Edelman. Kilad, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Should we just skip to recommendations because we know that's what everyone wants to hear from you? <laughs> no, because what everyone doesn't know is that I show up every time not having a recommendation in mind and need the time that we're recording the podcast to think of one. I love it. I love it. Maybe by the end of this, you're going to have created a new DAO, and that's going to be your recommendation. Only time will tell. All right. So, <laughs> all right. Today, we are talking about, <laughs> drum roll, please, the blockchain. Or specifically, we're talking about one way blockchain tech is being used by communities who are working towards a common goal. This is all very abstract. We're talking about DAOs, or Decentralized Autonomous Organizations. Basically, it means you have some kind of online community. It might be through something like a Discord server. And the participants who are participating need to buy into this community with crypto tokens. Now, as you can tell by the name alone, this whole thing is a little bit complex, which is why we asked Galad, who is our resident Web3 reporter, to come on the show and walk us through this. You might even say that you're our show's token Web3 <laughs> reporter. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well played. Thank you. All right, so Glad, you recently, uh, you went to this conference in Denver. There were lots of crypto tokens there. There were also lots of yeah, COVID it was just, cases Yeah, it was crawling there. with tokens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Crawling with tokens. Um, you ended up making a DAO. Tell us about yeah. this. What have you done? Yeah, so this, this DAO concept was on my radar. Um, there have been some news stories about high-profile uh, DAOs that failed spectacularly in various ways. And I was curious just to figure out what they actually entailed under the hood. So before um, going to this Ethereum conference, I texted my friend Jack Zone, who works in blockchain-related stuff and is always up for goofy stuff, and asked if he knew how to make a DAO. He said, absolutely. So while we were there, um, he and I and some of his coworkers uh, just set aside some time uh, to put one together, which is very in the spirit of these kind of conferences, by the way, like, you're, you know, it's like a hackathon, um, which is very foreign to me as a journalist with no technical skills. So Jack Zone had suggested, because, you know, you have to come up with, okay, what's the point of our DAO? What's our DAO going to do? So he suggested, what if in our DAO, the funniest people govern? To which I said, oh, we could call it Lamao DAO, like LMAO DAO. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Laughing my ass off and for those who yeah, are not done with right, the right. vernacular. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, to describe what everyone's not doing when mm -hmm. we take the time to mm -hmm. explain acronyms to them. Um, you know, just like when you, the secret of journalism is you just write the headline first and then and then do the story. So if, it felt like we were 70% there with a good name. Um, and just kidding to all the listeners out there, we don't write the headlines first. <laughs> um, so then we had to figure out, okay, but what does that mean? And I had the thought of what if we tied it to the New Yorker caption contest, um, which if listeners don't know, every week the New Yorker magazine, which is a uh, 
fellow Condé Nast publication, uh, mm-hmm. like Wired, um, has a, in, the, in the back of the magazine and online, of course, there's uh, a cartoon with no caption. It's always some very whimsical situation. And the contest is to supply a funny caption for the cartoon. And this seemed nice because it was a sort of off the rack weekly, you know, comedy competition, essentially. So we decided, okay, let's go with that. And so that's the purpose. So then the question is, okay, what do you need to do to actually make a DAO? What are the atomic units of a DAO? The the answer is fundamentally a DAO is a club or an organization for which possessing a certain custom token is the uh, uh, key to get in. It's kind of like instead of a secret handshake, you mm-hmm. distribute some custom token. Mm-hmm. Well, it is a secret handshake because you have to have that token. You have to have a wallet. So you're already talking about like people who are into cryptocurrency are people who can join DAOs, right? Right. And and like a secret handshake, it's really complicated. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if your secret handshake's any good. Yeah. Um, so th- that that's right. You know, when you, when you talk about needing to possess a crypto token to be a member of something, you're immediately narrowing the aperture of who might participate because you have to yes, either have a crypto wallet or understand how to get one. Um, and then there's all kinds of logistics that uh, logistical hoops that you have to go through to get the token and then prove that you have it. So in our case, we inv- invented a token out of thin air. Um, mm-hmm. What did uh, you call it? It's just called Lamau, L-M-A-O. Oh, okay. So yeah. that's the name of the DAO yeah. and the name of the token. Yes, exactly. And um, one of the guys who was helping me with this, he came up with a good idea because there's a question of, okay, who's going to join? Um, and so his idea was, well, we can use uh, the meal tokens, which were crypto-based, of course, at the conference as a proxy for everybody who attended the conference. And so we can just say everybody who was here uh, – gets these tokens and thus is eligible to join. And so he scraped the blockchain and just made a list, compiled a list of all those crypto wallets. And so we just dropped uh, our bespoke token into those wallets. Okay, I'm going to step back a little bit. So you... Um, I sound insane right now, no, right? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. Like this and. is the most normal thing in the world. <laughs> so I thought that one of the features of the blockchain is that People who are participating in it, making transactions, are anonymous. But it sounds like you were able to access this list of people at the conference who had wallets and then like invite them to your DAO. Yeah, I mean, this is like this is all of blockchain. Is it's all it's it's all supposedly anonymous, but it's it's really pseudonymous because you're identified by some um, your transaction, like, some element of the community yeah, too. I mean, like I joined your Discord server, right? As me, and. And so I would attach a wallet to that, right? And the wallet would, in theory, be non-identifiable. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, this is me. Hi, yeah, here, we've identified. Yeah, yes, right. your wallet is it's, it's right. anybody. Who, it's, it's a series of letters and numbers is right. your wallet address. And now that I have that information, I can absolutely monitor everything that you do with that wallet. So, you know, be careful. <laughs> <laughs> be careful, he tells me. So the purpose of your DAO uh, is to create captions that you then enter into the New Yorker cartoon yes. caption contest. Right. So what are the mechanics of yeah, it? How right. does it? How does it work? Right. Because like, so far we've just been talking about how do people like get in. Get in. So, right. Which is an important part yeah. of it, by the way, because sure. this barrier does still exist to this. And yeah, like, so you're doing this as a proof of concept for a DAO 
the New Yorker caption contest is just kind of a fun like incentive to put out yeah. there. So yes. we've covered how Dow. I'm asking why, why Dow. Dow? <laughs> well, no, it's still how. It, it, um, right. So l- the the by, by far the most popular platform for doing Dow activities is Discord, um, the the chat and discussion app. And so, like a lot of DAOs, including mine, are basically just a Discord group where you need a certain token to enter. Um, especially with mine, because there's no mo- actual money involved, because I'm not out here trying to scam people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really just that the token really is just like that secret handshake. Um, so the, so w- the way it works is, you join this Discord server. You um, there's an integration in Discord that can scan your wallet essentially and, and verify that you have the Lamau coins. And once you do that, um, you have access to the locked channels. Uh, and then so what, so what we do is every week there's an internal contest where people submit within the Discord. And then the submissions that get the most, uh, we made a custom laughing emoji. And it's very cool, actually. <laughs> and um, the whoever, the, the we take the top three or a, a bot, uh, a Discord bot takes the top three vote getters. And then we put those up to the official vote, quote unquote, on this pl- platform called Snapshot, which again, like integrates with your wallet. And um, just back to your point, Lauren, about this being a proof of concept. I mean, it's it's kind of a disproof of concept because what I suspected was that a lot of DAOs are not really decentralized or autonomous. And that's definitely the case for this one. It's very much my friends and me, you know, we control the disc you know we're the discord admins we literally have the new yorker subscription necessary to submit <laughs> the captions like it's all that's all done manually so it's really not um decentralized in the sense of everybody you know having equal power and what has been striking to me is that no one cares like the reaction I've gotten both in person when I was at the conference explaining the project to people and then subsequently is people just think it's fun. They think it's cool. And I think that's kind of telling to me that, that I don't have people in the Web3 world um, coming up and saying, hey, this isn't a real DAO. Right. So what is a real DAO? Because I suspect it's something where, you know, given like the culture of DAOs, maybe you can tell us more about this, but it seems to be like it's a group of people deciding how to spend the funds that they have earned from their token holdings uh, on some particular project. Like whatever they've, the community that they've built is around some sort of like, uh, you know, hobby or some principle that they want to, you know, further in the world. And they they come together, they make decisions about how to do that. And then they basically spend the fund that they've raised by building the DAO towards that. Is that is that right? That is largely right. So to, to back up a little bit, like what can a DAO do is an important question. If it's a, 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 a quote unquote real DAO, you would want that to really be doing things on the blockchain Mm -hmm. and you would want it to be built in such a way that everybody who's got the tokens gets gets some power and gets to to vote in ways that are actually binding that that are written into the code of the DAO so that the whatever the community votes for happens so well i talked to a guy named spencer graham who works his day job is doing DAO stuff and he's an expert and and he was telling me that over the last year, a lot of DAOs have been created that are like mine, that are trying to do something in the real world. And the problem that arises there is the blockchain can't do anything in the real world. The blockchain can't reach out 
side of the blockchain and tell people to do stuff. So as soon as you want to interact with Meetspace, uh, mm -hmm. say by submitting something to a caption contest, you need people to do stuff. And people are not governed by votes that happen on the blockchain. Now, what is governed by votes that happen on the blockchain? Spending cryptocurrency. That's the, the only thing that you can govern on chain mm -hmm. is um, you know, moving funds or tokens back and forth. So DAOs that the, the, the closer a DAO gets to just being about allocating funds, the closer it is to recognizing this ideal of it's all a community of co-owners who are voting on things that are being executed through code. Right. I have so many more questions, uh, but we need to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to have even more DAO jokes for you. Get it? Dow. Like dad jokes, but Dow jokes. That's they'll be at least as good as that one. Yep. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> okay, so Galad, we've talked about your experience creating uh, LMAO Dow or Lamao Dow. That's right. That's right, Lamao Dow. Um, so obviously building a community designed to develop the perfect New Yorker joke is very, very important. But you've talked about how these DAOs are defined by um, the exchange of cryptocurrency, the exchange of a specific token, and that's how you join the community. But like in the example that you've given us, we were talking about crowdsourcing um, a bunch of ideas to arrive at sort of like the best idea. Why does that require any kind of token? Why does that even require currency? So two things. First, it absolutely does not. Uh, like like I was saying before, the, the issuing the crypto token uh, is just a, a way to distribute membership, just like having a secret password or something. And um, now for, for other DAOs that are about allocating money, it makes a little bit more, the connection makes a little bit more sense because um, if if what you're doing is coming together and making decisions about uh, allocating resources that are on the blockchain, it's more logical to like make people possess something on the blockchain to be members. Um, as for your point though about coming up with the best caption, I would not say that what the DAO does is come up with the best caption. And this kind of gets at okay. another question you might have about this form of organization. Like when you just have um, up several dozen, at this point it's well over a hundred, like random people who are interested in crypto and Web3 stuff vote, uh, you're not necessarily going to get the funniest or cleverest uh, results. And there's a lot of submissions in here that are sort of like jokes that only make sense if you're into Web3 and crypto stuff, which is not going to win over the you know cartoons editor at the New Yorker magazine, I don't think. Um, although I did win last week, so I don't know which way that cuts. Um, I won the internal vote. No, we didn't, oh. it didn't win the actual <laughs> New Yorker one. No, come on. Um, there weren't enough umlauts. So when it comes to the caption contest, who cares? But I, I do think this raises a question about the applicability of this model because th I think the really important thing about the, this DAO construct is that actually any Web3 uh, platform or business idea or whatever you want to call it, uh, just about all of them actually have this this structure of a DAO. Mm -hmm. because, and, and the reason is the whole sales pitch for Web3 is what? Well, decentralized. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, you own, you have some ownership in it. And these are kind of the, the key elements 
um, of these things called DAOs. But if you're building like a Web3, there are Web3 startups galore that are trying to build like the blockchain version of Spotify or the blockchain version of Twitter or Instagram uh, or Google. And what they all tend to have in common is there's some token and, and everybody who is a user or otherwise involved in the platform get some of those tokens and in theory they then get to vote on like what happens you know changes that are made to the platform so that everybody gets control and you might wonder hmm would a version of uh you know instagram where just like everybody gets to that that's governed by majority rule is that gonna really you know lead to the the best product is that really gonna chronological timeline (laughs) right it'll be the homer right it'll be the car designed by the, the person who just like piles absolutely everything on and it becomes undrivable. Right. I mean, you could imagine it going that way. You, you could also imagine sort of um, only a small core of people either have the clout or, or own enough tokens or just give enough of a crap mm-hmm. to actually participate. Um, but it, it is interesting that like, you know, by far the most common story of dominant tech companies um, in the United States over the last 20 plus years is the super powerful visionary founder, right? Who's kind mm-hmm. of a piece of crap and, you know, throws sharp elbows uh, both internally and uh, to the competition and and emerges victorious. And there's a lot of energy among Web3 enthusiasts around this idea of cooperative, collective decision making. But, you know, TBD, how practical a truly leaderless organization is going to be when it when you want to actually like create something that works. And the idea is if you were creating something where you had to pool resources or you or some kind of mutual aid group that using a fiat currency a standard currency, like people would pay in, but then it, that doesn't that doesn't um, allot any amount of power or ownership to the people who are participating in the community. Right. So versus talking, these tokens. Right. So like this, this, get, this gets back to how the main thing you can do with a DAO is is spend money, and so you could think of a DAO as basically a kind of blockchain based crowdfunding. That, that that's basically what it is, and so. I asked Spencer Graham, the, the the DAO expert, you know, like how much better than Kickstarter is this? And he said, in a lot of cases, it's not. Uh, in a lot of cases, if you're just trying to raise money for something and you live in the U.S. and you have a bank account and you're part of the, you're connected to the financial system, then a Kickstarter is probably going to be better. Um, the but but as you say, Lauren, it doesn't giving it giving money to a Kickstarter doesn't necessarily entail any ownership, although it could, right? I mean, that could be something that you promise as the, the person uh, responsible for it. Um, what Spencer did say was if, you know, if we're talking about moving money across international borders, talking about jurisdictions that are not where people are not connected to the banking system, then you can start to see why if you're trying to raise and donate or spend money, um, there are certain advantages to doing that using cryptocurrencies on the blockchain. Mm-hmm. So your DAO is obviously very LOL, and we thank you for bringing more joy into the world. But uh, what are some examples of DAOs that you've seen out there that are actually doing like work that would impact policy or impact like things that would touch upon the public sphere? Mm. Well, I would actually push back a little bit. Like as as silly as my DAO is, 
it is much. It has a much more concrete objective than most DAOs, and oh in that He's respect, starting to sound like the founders we interview. <laughs> no, please tell us more about how you're changing the world. So yeah, <laughs> I, I'm literally changing the world by bringing into existence submissions to uh-huh. a contest uh-huh. that wouldn't otherwise exist. Mm-hmm. And I think that is that's more than a lot of DAOs can say. I just want to wow. point that out. Okay. I mean, would I use the word visionary to describe myself? Yeah. <laughs> um, but but taking your <laughs> Do you also have controlling shares of, no, of in, your DAO? No, in, in fact, oh, okay. we, we did set it up so have, that the more you, Lamau you stacked the board with a bunch of I'm trying to answer you. white men who really support you. Okay, I go didn't ahead. Stack uh-huh. it. That's just who is in web three. It's like it would have been really hard to, to stack it otherwise. Um we set it up so that when you win the internal vote, you get ten, you get more Lamau tokens, um, and um, the more tokens you have, the more your vote counts in the official voting. Uh, which there's a logic to it, right? It's like if you're if you've proven that you're funnier, then you should have more of a say over what gets submitted. Uh, but the funny thing is, when we distributed the tokens in the first place, we didn't we we gave a hundred to everybody who had one of those meal tokens I was talking about. But we also gave a hundred to everybody who had this NFT that was associated with the conference. But I don't have that NFT. So there are a lot of random ass people in the DAO who have twice as many uh, Lamau coins as me. So they have twice as much voting power. Uh, so in that in that way, it's a little bit decentralized. But then again, I I'm the one who actually submits the captions, so I don't have to. You know, ultimately, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> yeah, you do hold the key. Yeah, I, I think we've lost him. <laughs> like I think we've just lost him to this world. Did you just hear? He managed to get LMAO DAO tokens. <laughs> NFTs decentralized. What did you say? Blockchain too. It's all in there. It's yeah. all there. My God, Gilad, please remember the little people when you make it big in the um, world of Web three. Well, again, I, as I mentioned earlier, there's no actual money involved, so <laughs> there's a limit to how big this is going to make me. But okay, okay. So to you just get back take to Mike's, Mike's question, question. Yeah. So yes. are there? I would say like there are DAOs that are spending money. Mm-hmm. There's quite a lot of uh, enthusiasm for using this for charitable purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is not crazy, right? It's just a, it's a, it's a way to crowd fund. Right. And so there's one called Giveth. Um, I spoke with the very excitable uh, uh, person associated with Giveth who uh, was convinced this was really going to change the world. Um, there's um, there's an organization called Gitcoin, which has um, which is basically a way to uh, crowd fund different Web three based projects, Ethereum-based projects. So all this stuff tends to be very self-referential. Mm. Uh, but they say that they have so far raised and and uh, directed more than $50 million worth of uh, cryptocurrencies. And they are um, sort of gradually trying to turn themselves more and more into a DAO. You hear that a lot. It's some, some existing centralized project, mm-hmm. but they have plans to DAOify themselves. Yeah, it seems it seems to me like the ones that I see that gain traction in my world are DAOs who are trying to change journalism, uh, like DAOs where you buy in and there's like some Gitcoin mechanism that makes a $1 token worth $22 and they can use that money to like hire fact checkers uh, to, you know, journalists can become independent by basically replicating the Substack model, except instead of using Substack, you do it on your own and you accept cryptocurrency for people to subscribe to your newsletter or whatever. Um, I, I just, it's it's difficult for me to see how this is like entirely different than the systems that we've already set up, except for that you create this barrier of entry that the person needs to have a familiarity and a comfort with cryptocurrency in order to participate. 
Yeah. Again, it goes back to that thing of, are you trying to do something that reaches into the real world? Mm -hmm. And if you are, this is probably a pretty dumb way to do it. Right. right? If you're just trying to spend crypto and have a sort of collective decision making around that, I, you know, it's, it's plausible to me that there's, there are situations where that's a good idea. But if you're trying to do something that involves interacting with the world, then all you're doing, as you say, Mike, is just making it harder for people to join. But I am very intrigued by all of this. I think a lot about the podcast that you and I did a year ago with our colleague Kate Nibbs about NFTs, and it was called WTF Are NFTs, if anyone would like to go back in the library and listen to that one. And we had a lot of like, similar questions about the whys and what does this stand for and what does it mean to have these tokens and what does it mean to have this certificate for this thing that you supposedly have ownership of. And now we've just seen over the past year, NFTs have just become a part of our conversation as tech journalists and as part of the broader tech community. And we're seeing different ways they're being used. And I just, I have a feeling that this is, you know, DAOs are going to be part of the conversation for a while, right? As we sort of see this building out of Web3 and how people are using it. Um, so hopefully we look back on this episode and we're like, all right, we sort of got it right, maybe? And it all started with Lamao Dao. Yeah, I think sort of got it right is a good standard to hold ourselves to. I think so. <laughs> I think that I'm open-minded about the ways in which this could be used and not feeling particularly attached to the ways the technology is being described or defined or categorized right now. Like I, th I think about like in terms of payments, like in the earliest days of online payments, um, there's there's like infrastructure there and there's the exchange of, of goods happening that like seems to make a lot of sense. But um, there's also this early rush to define things and that um, I'm not sure makes the most sense right now. Part, part of the issue here is one that is fundamental to kind of any conversation you have around crypto-related projects, which is a lot of it really just depends on the underlying utility of yes. blockchain-based systems and the underlying value of the cryptocurrencies in question. So like an organizational structure that allows people to move cryptocurrencies around is only as the, the long-term value of that is only as much as the currencies have long-term value. And that's what's really in question right now. Like we're, we're talking at a moment where the crypto market has cooled down a little bit from where it was a few months ago, mm -hmm. but but zoom out a little bit and it's still absolutely nutso. And, mm. you know, Bitcoin and Ethereum are are so valuable. Um, but the, they have yet to prove any inherent value other than the market's confidence in their ability, you know, in people's ability to sell them for a higher price farther down the road. Mm -hmm. And that fundamental question about what all this stuff is going to amount to and how much staying power it's going to have will go a long way to determining whether any of all any of the sort of Rube Goldberg contraptions that people are building on top of it has any real worth. Right. Well, Galad, thank you once again for trying to make sense of all this for us. We're going to take another quick break and come back with our recommendations. Galad as our GOH, as our DAO GOH. Nice. Guest of honor, what is your recommendation this week? Well, mine is uh, tailored to the approach of tax day, which is call the IRS. <laughs> That's so you're, rec you're recommending that we call the IRS. Yes, when appropriate. So recently I got uh, a letter in the mail from the IRS saying that I owed 
seven or eight thousand dollars in unpaid taxes and uh, penalty associated with that. Um, and uh, I was pretty freaked out by that. Um, but there was an explan- you know, there was an explanation uh, for why I hadn't paid that. So I wasn't sure what to do. And um, I asked, I asked people here at Wired, and people, various people, connected me with like their accountant or their tax preparer. So I, I, I emailed with one guy, and he said, "Yeah, you should um, submit these forms. I, I could do it for you for about three hundred dollars." I thought about it, like, oh, save me some time, you know, three hundred dollars versus seven or eight thousand dollars that I owe. Um, but then uh, somebody else said, "You should call the IRS." So I called, and I sat on hold for like an hour. Uh, they're busy. Uh, but then I got an absolutely lovely employee who I explained the situation to, and she told me just to send her the records that I had, and she took care of it for me. And so I could have wasted $300, uh, but instead I called the IRS and um, got it taken care of. Um, the IRS is a much maligned agency. They're severely underfunded and understaffed, but in my interactions with them, they're pretty lovely people who work there. So if you have an issue and you're in the right, because <laughs> this advice won't work if you're like an actual tax scoff law, but uh, <laughs> I would say if you have some issue with the IRS, before you go paying somebody to, to handle it for you, don't forget step one of just calling and waiting on hold and until you get to talk to somebody. I love it. I really thought you were going to say that you were fined because uh, you were trading in crypto and <laughs> it caught up to you. No, um, my uh, crypto schemes are at best revenue neutral. <laughs> That's fantastic. This is why I just never thought. Call the IRS. The man comes around. First of all, I never thought on the Gadget Lab podcast we'd ever have a recommendation for the IRS. <laughs> Second of all, there is calling great, the IRS, great, thinking calling of a telephone yeah. and actually calling just calling the IRS. and then waiting for them, yeah. and then and then the the irony, the juxtaposition of us talking about all of these cryptocurrencies, these non fiat mm-hmm, currencies, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. where people are just avoiding their taxes, presumably, and. Here you are, recommending the IRS. The original Web3 technology is government. (laughs) Um, Thank you for that recommendation. Mike, what is your recommendation this week? Uh, Well, this is actually very on topic. Uh, The New Yorker now has an Android app. Cool. So if you are a fan of The New Yorker and you use an Android phone, you may have felt a little bit left out for the last, oh, I don't know, 12 years because uh, the New Yorker publication has had an iPad app since 2010. They've also had an iPhone app since around that same time, and they have never had an Android app. So the Android app has finally arrived. It arrived this week. As a New Yorker subscriber with an Android phone, I downloaded it and I logged in, and it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. The mere existence of it is exciting. So, you know, I suppose we should disclose that, like, we have the same parent company, right? The New Yorker right. is a Condé Nast publication. Wired is also a Condé Nast publication. So I'm sure there are people who I could slack right now who worked on this. So I'll be gentle. But uh, there's no search function. So if you know that you're looking for a story about a particular topic, you can't search for it, mm. at least mm. as far as I can tell. Uh, you can open up the most recent uh, issue of the magazine and read everything except for the features uh, oh. because those do not appear in the recent issues. They appear in back issues. Like I looked at some issues from 2014 and 2016 and I could see the features. But I looked at like last week's New Yorker and it had the front of book stuff and then mm-hmm. like the critics, mm-hmm. but it didn't have the features. Mm. I thought that was weird. What about the caption contest? 
Uh, it does have that. It does have that. It, it has all the cartoons okay. and the poetry okay. and, and the fiction and all that. So that all that's easy to find. Just, you know, a little odd. Sounds like Mike's recommendation is get an iPhone. <laughs> well, no. My recommendation <laughs> is that you download the New Yorker app because I must say that like the reading experience, like reading the, the stories in a browser-like view that does not contain all the cruft that you normally get with the browser view is great. It's really nice because like their their typography is excellent. You get to see all the photos in line, which mm-hmm. you don't if you use something like Instapaper or Pocket yeah, to read. I agree. Yorker. Same with the Wired app. It's just so much nicer. Yeah. It's nicer to scroll through and it's nicer to have the presentation layer there. Yeah. However, come on, guys. Search. Search box. Uh, so that's my recommendation. That's da- a good one. Download the New Yorker app if you're a subscriber. And if you're not, maybe subscribe. All right. What's your recommendation, Lauren? <laughs> I thought you'd never ask. My primary recommendation today would probably be that if you have pets um, (laughs) and you have a pet carrier (laughs) to um, get one of those, you know, ones that have like hard sides, like a hard plastic and maybe like a metal grate in the front. (laughs) (laughs) Why would you be recommending this today? There's a whole story there that involves me getting stitches in a tetanus shot this morning. Uh, but it's all good. Uh, so that's my first recommendation. My second her, her recommendation. Her cat clawed through her carrier, <laughs> chewed his way out of her carrier, and then and then scratched yeah. her and drew blood. Oh, while, while she was driving across the bridge. Driving her car it's across honestly the amazing bridge. that she made it to the office. It actually and is. And after this, I have to go get sea. antibiotics. It's a whole mess. I should have gotten a dog. Yoy. Um But uh, yeah, I honestly think having a toddler at this point would be easier. <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> All right. No, my real recommendation, um, my real recommendation this week is we talked about Discord earlier, and all three of us have been spending some time on Discord because of these DAOs. Um, but our producer here, Boone Ashworth, who's also a contributing writer to Wired, he wrote this fantastic guide to Discord a short while ago. And I have um, I have looked it up a bunch of times as I've tried to navigate my way through Discord. So if you're joining these communities um, and you're just a little bit confused by the Discord interface or where you find any mentions of you or where your mailbox is or how to join new communities, go to Boone Ashworth's guide to Discord on Wired.com. It is very good. That's my recommendation. And I can say that because I did not edit it. <laughs> I usually edit <laughs> Boone's story, but this one I don't think I edited. So uh, yeah, it's it's great. Yeah, it's great. Did Alan edit this one? Alan Henry? I think so. Yeah. Okay. We could ask Boone. I mean, he's right here. <laughs> <laughs> Some people are better seen, not heard. <laughs> oh, harsh. Well, Galad, it has been an absolute pleasure having you back on the show. Thank you for joining us. Thanks as always for having me. Yeah. Or should I say T-Y-V-M? Nice. Mike, thanks as always for being a great co-host. Of course, no problem. Thanks for taking my phone call really early this morning. You are welcome. I called you from Golden Gate Bridge. You are welcome. And thanks to all of you for listening. If you have feedback, you can find all of us on Twitter and on Discord. Just check the show notes. We'll include our Twitter handles there. This show is produced by the excellent Boone Ashworth. We'll be back next week. Actually, I will be out for the next couple of weeks, so I won't be back next week, but Mike will be here. And then I'll be returning for a special episode, a pre-tape episode on April 8th. So be sure to tune in for that one. Goodbye for now. And don't forget to tune in next week.
But I well, could use just, but I think I'm we can just actually use, like, use other, trust wallet I think it now is compatible with other wallets. Yeah, my devs have done a lot of interesting said. work to increase the functionality. My devs. My devs. I know. This is, we've lost him. We really have <laughs> okay, lost him. The thing is, this whole shtick, people don't understand. Like, people I have no idea that. how, whether I'm trolling or not, basically, yeah. which I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boone, please put that in the Easter egg. Please include that. Thank you very much.